very tired today. I, I started doing a two bits of dialogue from one person recitation of the Haunted World of El Superbisto. <laughs> and how's that going for you? Uh, I think I've got a pretty decent shot as a Tom Kenny impersonator, if it ever came down to it. Hey, there you go. So at least there's a positive out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And this is gonna be the last Under the Bridge before our big event, It Came From Under the Bridge, Under the Hood Edition. Woo woo, or more like vroom vroom. Thank you, I was about to correct you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if you're in the remotely Tampa area, come to Unlimited Video Games, because we are having an outdoor double screening of two car-themed horror movies that are being kept secret for non-copyright license holder dodging reasons. But, (laughs) there will be movies, there will probably be some jokes, there will also be trivia. And we'll have all good times rolling. Yeah! Like with cars. No brakes on this (laughs) event train? Damn it! (laughs) There was an attempt. Yeah, I I tried. Anyways, Mm. let's... Let's get into it. Unfortunately, I didn't see Killers of the Flower Moon this week. I saw Butcher's Crossing instead because it was a socially very busy weekend for me, and I did not have any time this weekend where I thought, yeah, I can afford to sit through a three and a half hour movie. I mean, you did more than I did in that respect because it was a socially and professionally exhausting weekend for me. So it's like, I don't have time to see anything. (laughs) All right, yeah, let's get into it. Our first order Mm. of business. Greg, I have a question to ask you. Oh, no. Would you show Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey to a bunch of fourth graders? (sighs) Of course, bearing in mind that you have not yet seen this movie, which I hope to rectify on Wednesday. Um, I mean, I want, I would want to. (laughs) It's objectively a bad idea, but I would love to. You're a horrible (laughs) human being. Why? Thank you. (laughs) Because I'm a... I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> well, I've got some good news, because that means you might be qualified to be a fourth grade teacher at the Academy of Innovative Education. Really? Yeah, CBS Miami reported that this K-12 charter school in Miami Springs, one of the teachers showed students 20 to 30 minutes of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, apparently the students selected the movie. Really? Okay, then I don't see the problem. <laughs> well, in my personal defense, that's what that's what I would use if I if I was the teacher there, because it's like, hey, they picked it. <laughs> they know what they were getting. Yeah, into. but if they pick Debbie Does Dallas, you're not going to show them actual porn. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's a good ironclad defense. Why am I the one advocating for responsible child chaperoning here? What is this? Look, I did not say it was an ironclad response, or a good response, or even a sane one. I I was not expecting this. Wow, this is a topsy-turvy day. Oh my god, I'm more tired than I thought. I mean, realistically, I wouldn't, but my brain is going, but for the memes... And probably for the loss of teaching license. <laughs> well, apparently some kids were seriously affected by the showing. Oh, really? You don't fucking say. Yeah. <laughs> there were, apparently there were kids saying, hey, stop the movie, we don't want to watch this. Mm. Which, I mean, the, insert that yeah. Spongebob meme of, but why did you ask for it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want this. Well, tough shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm, that's well. Did it say at all what happened with the teacher? No, the head of the school provided a statement of, we become aware that a segment of a horror movie was shown to fourth graders Monday, October 2nd that was not suitable for the age group. Our administration promptly addressed this issue directly with the teacher and has taken appropriate action to ensure the safety and well-being of our students. That is a really effective but really light descriptor of the situation. like, yeah, we were made aware that a teacher showed a horror movie to our students. like, that's... (laughs) Yeah, there's horror movie... And then there's blood and honey. <laughs> right? I don't remember that an awful lot happens in the... No, wait, never mind. Uh, one of the first bits of the movie is something's wrong with Piglet. He's killed my wife. <laughs> 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 if I live to be a thousand years, I will never heal from that moment. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing this thing. <laughs> it's, it's just a patch of dead scar tissue in my soul. Oh my god! <laughs> so such a bad movie, mm, but I but I had such a fun time with it. It's a bad movie, but a movie that you love. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. <laughs> I was going somewhere else. This is actually pretty old news because this was reported on October 9th, But I'm just finding out about this now. So yeah, I mean, for for what it's worth, just to kind of clear the room and all that and make it clear, it's like, hey, I may be twisted, but I do acknowledge it's still messed up. So don't come at me with child restraining orders or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Or, I mean, if it gets us clicks. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're all having fun here. Yes, indeed. We're all having fun and nobody here is showing a slasher movie to fourth graders. Yes. (laughs) Or or anyone in elementary to middle school. Mm. I'm pretty sure high schoolers can handle that. Yeah. I... (laughs) I wouldn't put it on the curriculum, but... Right. Oh man, it offshoot story. It reminds me of how my middle school social studies teacher in college messaged me and asked, "Hey, you went to um, Dachau in high school and took a bunch of pictures and all that. Can you sh- can you do a presentation for my middle school class?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, is that a good idea?" <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't trust myself at all. I thought about it. It was one of those things. Like I could see what would happen. Would be like. I would be getting, because I love history, of course, yeah. I would be getting really into it and going over all, like, the nitty-gritty details. I'm just like, does anyone have questions? And I'm like, half the class is just, like, mortified faces. There's probably, like, at least a couple students in the corner crying. And like, all right, peace out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Existence is meaningless and people are cruel. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you, like, 20 years from now. <laughs> have fun reconciling that with your worldview. Mm. <laughs> Good times. Good times indeed. <laughs> so we're we're getting another live action reboot of a thing from Disney. Which is Gargoyles. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's coming from Gary Doberman and Atomic Monster doing a collaboration like they did on the Annabelle movies. Huh. So they're making a live action gargoyle series. Okay. For Disney Plus, which means it's gonna <laughs> I actually don't know how this is going to go. It'll probably be way too expensive. Mm. And uh, then they'll look back at it and go, Oh, that's bad. We better pay the writers less. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, it's it's bad because I feel like you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is I shit. Could a hun- I could 100% see Disney doing that, too. It's just like, this is shit, but you told us to make it. It's still shit. <laughs> you, 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 you gave us an unwinnable game here. 
Yeah, you gave us a deck of cards and you dealt us the bad hand. <laughs> oh, man. And we're gonna deal you an even worse one. We're cutting your residuals. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a interesting one. I, I, I'm definitely very morbidly curious to see how it works out. Because if nothing else, it's gonna be expensive. Just to make it all look at least relatively convincing, it's probably gonna be very expensive. Yeah. Also, an interesting thing that I found out while reading the Hollywood Reporter article about this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were trying to make a gargoyle in modern times movie about like 2010 really yeah but uh sorcerer's apprentice happened and bombed out at the box office so <laughs> they were like no nah, we're not doing this uh, fair. Fair, we're, fair, 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 fair. We're, we're, we're not doing it that's one i completely forgot about <laughs> right nicholas <Yeah. laughs> cage is a sorcerer with an apprentice yeah did we ever watch that i feel like we did I feel like we did, but I don't remember anything about it. Oof. I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah, let's see who was in this, besides Nick Cage. Ian McShane was apparently in it as the narrator. I want to say Shia LaBeouf? Was it Shia LaBeouf? No, Shia LaBeouf wasn't in it. Uh, Jay Burrishell played David. I have no idea who uh, that is. Yeah, he well, he's, he played Nicolas Cage's apprentice. No idea. Uh, oh, right, Alfred Molina was in that. Oh, right. And Toby Kebbell. Yes. <laughs> the worst Doctor Doom. And that's... Mm. That's that's some... Well, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't his fault. Okay, you know what? I, I don't want to call him the worst Doctor Doom, but I will call him the Doctor Doom in the worst adaptation of the Fantastic Four. Right. I don't want to put that squarely on him. There's a lot of blame to go around for what happened there. There's a lot of blame to go around for Fan Four Stick. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I, 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 I need to replace that with a Blu-ray copy but I don't know the point because I'm never watching it again probably I don't want to watch it again because I didn't like how much pain you put yourself through when we watched it that hurt me <laughs> yes both ment- mentally and physically my face went really red <sighs> let's move on to happier things such as we now have the English voice cast for Hayao Miyazaki's not-actually-last-film, The Boy and the Heron. <laughs> okay. And, uh, as, as has come to be standard for these English dubs of Ghibli movies, we got some names here. Okay. The full cast is gonna consist of Christian Bale. Okay. Dave Bautista. Okay. Gemma Chan. Alrighty. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> it gets crazier. Oh, does it now? <laughs> Karen Fukuhara. Okay. Mark Hamill. Why? <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Okay. And Florence Pugh. This is a weird cast. Right? This is a really... Well, not so much weird. This is a way... I don't know. I feel, I don't want to, like, downplay Miyazaki movies, but it's like, this feels like too star-studded of a cast for this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, they, remember, they got Liam Neeson for Ponyo. That's true. I forgot I feel about like they, that. I feel like they tend to get a pretty stellar cast for these. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is not unusual. Mark Hamill's story. I mean, they got Werner Herzog for The Wind Rises. Right, they did. He played the German, if I remember correctly. Build the fucking biplane, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was an actual line in the movie. <laughs> I'm Werner Herzog, you cowards. Yeah, that would have been. That would have made it even better. 
Uh, so that's that's an interesting little bit. Uh, I I am still excited for this, <laughs> even with the prestige with the prestige being taken away of this being his last one, since apparently <laughs> he's already talking about another one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Never change. Mm. <laughs> you magnificent son of a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Also, some of these names are great because um, mm. Willem Dafoe's character is Noble Pelican. <laughs> It's like a pelican with drip. It's the most regal ass <laughs> pelican you've ever seen in your fucking life. What are we gonna do? It's hot, Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dave Batista is 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 the parakeet king. The parakeet king. Why does that already feel so fitting? Like for you know Dave what a Batista. parakeet is, right? Yes, I do. That's why. <laughs> That's not fitting at all. <laughs> It's more of the idea of Dave Batista like really leaning into it's like, wait, I'm the king of the parakeets? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I guess. Mm. This is a minor bit of news. Uh we got mm-hmm. a Disney Plus US release date for Spider Man Far From Home. Okay. And it's gonna hit Disney Plus on Friday, November third. Okay, so literally like week and a half from now. Yeah. Alright. I don't know if this is like just a phenomenon or something, but I've been seeing a lot of hate for that movie circulating around where they try to pretend like it's a bad movie. Really? Right? Yeah, I mean, it it was a good time. It was Look a good me in Mysterio's work. fishbowl helmet and tell me that was a bad movie. <laughs> you can't do it. That freaking helmet. Such a dumbass helmet. It's such a dumb fucking helmet and they did it. Mm. Oh man, dorky costumes aren't everything, but they are something. Right. Especially when you can make it look actually not that stupid. <laughs> Anyways, I don't understand where all the Far From Home backlash is coming from, especially since, like, I don't know, everybody was all mad about Iron Boy Jr., and now he's got nothing to do with Iron Man anymore, and people still aren't happy. Probably the crowd that just needs something to be upset at, I guess, because the movie made, like, what, a billion dollars, right? Yeah. More than that. More than that. Uh, see, either way, it's like, no matter... What? I don't think you make a billion dollars on a film if okay, maybe except if you're except if you're Fast and Furious, I guess. But <laughs> I almost don't think two billion. You, I don't think you make a billion plus of anything if it's bad. Uh, mm, I don't know that I agree with that. Mm. You can one hundred percent do it. I well, that I mean, I did say with the possible exception of Fast and Furious. <laughs> Hold on, now I have to check this. Mm-hmm. Films grossing over a billion dollars. Uh, I can't judge the avatars because I haven't seen them. Fair. Jurassic World. <sighs> All right, you win. <laughs> Photorealistic you win. CGI Lion King. Wait, seriously? One point six. Made... I wow! I know it made a, a buttload of money. I didn't know it made that much. Ooh, Deathly Hallows Part Two is on here. I don't think I saw any of the... I haven't watched any of the Harry Potter movies in full past the third one. Mm. Which I mm. feel like was probably a good thing. <laughs> huh, Dominion didn't make the list. Okay, that would have been the nail in the coffin. <laughs> well, how close was it? I don't know. This only lists the top 50. Mm. Finding Dory made a billion. What the fuck is that? Really? How? No, Despicable Me 3? Mm. <sighs> Wait, how much did you make? Oh, Transformers Age of Extinction made over a billion. Okay, case closed. 
<laughs> All right, then, yeah. I, I, Dark I of the Moon, on... also over a billion. Yeah, I think I lose. <laughs> okay, it's been settled. Bad movies yes. can make over a billion dollars. <laughs> Let that be a reminder, kids. Box office performance ain't everything. Fair. Yeah, I right. will continue to measure box office as if it is everything, though, because, well... <sighs> It's the, well, I mean, in fairness, it's really the only public metric we truly have access to, and even then, there's some asterisk next to that. Yeah, it's not like I, it's not like I can look into the future twenty years from now and see what people are gonna think about. I don't know, Quantumania. Mm. I gotta wait for that. I could see Quantumania becoming one of the cult classics of Marvel. That would be disappointing. <laughs> Let's move on. I've got I've got actually quite a bit of Marvel news. Oh boy. So I'm gonna start with some Deadpool 3 stuff. Okay. Because it's kind of isolated. So there have been rumors going around about Taylor Swift appearing in the movie as Dazzler. I am interested. <laughs> I don't hate the idea. Yeah, I don't hate the idea either. That sounds like it I mean, I don't know anything about Dazzler. But it sounds like it would be fun to have Taylor Swift play her. She's a she's a music artist mutant who can turn sound into light, I think is how it works. I'm pretty sure it's sound into light. That is she a, a hero or a villain? Oh, she's a hero. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, thinking about it, Taylor Swift would probably be perfect to play that. <laughs> probably. Especially since she's getting into the movie business. Oh. She's still directing something. That's right, she was directing a movie we just that we haven't really heard a lot about, right? Yeah, which makes sense, mm. considering, you know, writer strike happened and then actor strike happened, so... True. I don't know who she was going through, if she was going through anybody, but it's entirely mm. possible that... Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I still want to know what this is. I'm still really holding out for a horror movie directed by Taylor Swift. <laughs> that would I actually be pretty great. I'm just saying, perfect timeline, no notes. Right. <laughs> Anyways, when speaking with the rap, director Sean Levy was asked about, you know, is Taylor Swift going to be in the movie? And his response was, speaking of Taylor Swift fans, they sure are loud. I'm going across the board. No comment. What is that supposed to fucking mean? Because, <laughs> like, uh, the, the part of the reason it's gaining traction is because, you know, Taylor Swift has a lot of fans, and a lot of them are like, yeah, have her be Dazzler, she'd be great. I mean, she probably would be. I mean, yeah. I've never seen her act, but, or at least I don't think I've ever seen her act, but she probably would be. So then he said, I'm going across the board. No comment, because that's a double whammy. That's Taylor related, and it's MCU related. I'm no dummy. You're going to have to wait and see. Mm, okay. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you could just say no. You could just say no, but... Because <laughs> now it feels like you kind of soft confirm maybe. Yeah. I hate to I hate to feed into this because if it ends up not being the case, then it, then then I have chased a rumor for clout and I will look the fool. But <laughs> but you could just say no, and then I wouldn't have touched it. Andrew right. Garfield kept saying no, he wasn't in No Way Home. And and we know how that turned out. He was the werewolf all along. <laughs> Son of a gun! Right. And then, in, in slightly less cool news, mm -hmm. which, considering this that last bit was a rumor, makes it also worse. Right. Very much not good news. Okay. Deadline is reporting that Deadpool 3 will not be making its May 3rd release date 
and will need to get pushed back, because the actor strike has gone on too long where even if it ended right now, they would not have time to finish production and get it ready to roll. Hmm. And not very surprising, in all honesty. No, and also not surprising is, apparently, per those same sources, there is a long shot that Captain America Brave New World, which was originally set for that date and then pushed back to July, might actually move back up because it's finished its production and is therefore in a better position than Deadpool 3. Hmm. Uh, maybe it'd be a thing where they end up swapping dates altogether, so, like, they just do a complete flip-flop for those two. So, like they did before. Reverse! Reverse! <laughs> oh, cop- Ooh, DMCA, DMCA. <laughs> Boy, you know what would be really good if they had on deck a Blade movie? <laughs> that they could move up. <sighs> God. <laughs> they announced that four years ago. Yes, they fucking did. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, okay, I, I'm, I'm glad they're pushing stuff out because it, on the one hand, I like having all this content, but on the other hand, the the entire multiverse saga just started, the post-endgame saga just started fucking, what was that, two and a half years ago, and it feels like a hundred years. Yeah, like, it's... Feels a little wheel spinning at this point. And I'll admit, part of it's probably the delation of time from the pandemic. That is true. Everything, yeah. the last three years feels like it's been ten years, and the last, everything before those last three years feels like a lifetime. <laughs> I don't understand what happened, but... I, too, very much miss the, bef- the before times. Yes. Same. <laughs> and now, this is all a bunch of just... Random assorted nonsense, because the new book, MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios, came out, and it's full of behind-the-scenes interviews and what have you. I I, okay. I, I got my copy, and I, I haven't had a chance to touch it because I've had a busy week. As I say, that title makes it sound like it's some kind of snuff piece. <laughs> it's like some what kind of thing. What about that like, says snuff piece to you? Well, well, no, well, snuff piece is not the correct word, but it's like the way the title sounds is one of those things. Like, is this like an expose of all the bad shit that goes on? Oh, a hit, uh, you're thinking of a hit piece. <laughs> I am thinking of a hit piece. Thank all you. All right. I'm still recovering from this weekend. Okay? No, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. I feel like I had a really good joke and then I forgot about it. Oh, well. So some of these things were already confirmed-ish, but are now making the rounds again because this book also mega-confirmed them. Right. One of which is that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier originally had a whole other subplot about a fast-spreading virus. (laughs) Man, because that came out in what, 2018? No, that came out in 2021. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again. Again! A hundred years! <laughs> yeah, a hundred years ago. <laughs> it's been a hundred goddamn years. 2018! <laughs> it's like, oh, but that's man. five. It's like, yeah, it is five. But what if you multiply five by 20? <laughs> you get a hundred! Then you get a hundred. The math works. Just a dartboard scene from freaking Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) The math works. You just have to twist the math. So uh, the exact excerpt from the book says, The Falcon and Winter Soldier had already canceled location work in Puerto Rico after a devastating earthquake in January 2020. 
The pandemic not only forced the show to abort a shoot in Prague, but made a planned plotline about the heroes rushing to stop a fast-spreading disease feel a bit too close to reality. Spellman acknowledged yeah. that the series had removed the side story, although he said that it wasn't because of the coronavirus, which he did in an interview, which is crazy to me, because it's like, man, just fucking say it was because the pandemic happened. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, no, you can't say that that kind of subplot was taken away, and it was like, but no, it wasn't because of the virus. Like, oh, come the fuck on, we're not that stupid. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, honestly speaking, A... It makes Completely you guys seem more human. Yeah. To say we did it because this pandemic was going on. It feels like it hit a little too close to home. Just like it's like you can say we had to cut out some subplots out of Secret Invasion because it was going to be about Russia threatening an invasion of Ukraine, and then <laughs> Russia actually <laughs> invaded Ukraine, which is not funny. But the timing of it is yeah. a little droll. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's like you can say that, and most level-headed people will be like, "Oh yeah, no, that's fair. That makes sense." <laughs> it is not a weakness to say we changed this thing out of sensitivity to real-world events. Yeah, you're gonna get some people who say "toughen up, Buttercup," but they're all sociopaths. So, and and just generally assholes as it is, right? Because <laughs> I should specify, not all sociopaths are assholes. This <laughs> is fair. <laughs> Just don't don't overgeneralize anyone. <laughs> you don't know, man. <laughs> but like, what? Why else would you cut it? Yeah. Like, okay, I guess, but, but with the exception of like production reasons, but even I feel like there'd be a better chance if it's something because of production, they would probably actually say it's because of production. Yeah. So that's 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 some nutty insight into how things work. And going to something a little more recent. Mm-hmm. We now have some more details as to why Victoria Alonso was let go. Wait, they talked about that in this book? Yes. Really? Yep. I wonder, if I, I wonder what the legal team thought of that. <laughs> I have no idea. According to this excerpt, because I, I still haven't gotten around to reading it, which I hope to do probably hopefully this week, I don't know. Alonso had broken one of Feige's cardinal rules. Don't speak out publicly against the company. A source close to the matter said that later that year, Feige suggested to Alonzo she had outgrown her role at Marvel. He reportedly cautioned her to keep her head down and do the work. In early 2023, Alonzo refused to act on Marvel Studios' request to remove LGBTQ pride symbols from Quantumania for foreign markets. The atmosphere at the studio was tense. The Department of Yes had said no. Desposito outsourced the VFX work anyway and act Alonzo regarded as a betrayal. And if this part's true, fuck off! Yeah, I like the description of the department of yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is true. And like, yeah, fuck off a little bit, guys. <laughs> We're moving the fucking... Who cares? Yeah. Keep them in. Fuck. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where I don't... As much as I genuinely hate to say it because it's fucking twisted and backwater and as it is... I get from, like, the whole professional standard, we gotta make as much money thing, even though it's absolute garbage, why they would do that, but it's also one of those things where you're Marvel, because of that, I feel like if you did, if you had to pull the movies from those regions, you would probably be fine. Granted, this was which movie again? This is Quantumania, so Quantumania didn't make okay. a lot of money, but I'll guarantee you it ain't because of the LGBTQ pride symbols. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have a feeling for Quantumania... The same number of people would have still gone to see it. 
Lack of practical sets? Not playing to the Ant-Man family's strengths? The actual deus ant machina? Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Why was that one guy broccoli? <laughs> why was that one guy the fartiest of food groups? The more I think uh, about it, the more it's like, why was... like When Hank gets distracted, he goes, holy shit, is that guy broccoli? And now I just think, why was that in there? <laughs> why would he have evolved into broccoli? What is that? Mm. Why would he look anything like broccoli? Is he broccoli? Is he broccoli adjacent? Now I want to know more, and that infuriates me, because I never will. Mm. Point is, this could have been a decent Fantastic Four movie, but instead you stripped out everything <laughs> that made Ant-Man good, and you called it an Ant-Man movie. Uh, but either way, bad form. Bad form. Bad bad form, indeed. Yep, take red card. <laughs> and now my most favorite of bits, uh, Sony Gossip. Oh boy. First of all, we actually got some details about the Drew Goddard Sinister Six movie that was being worked on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dr. Octopus was going to be recruiting Spider-Man to the Sinister Six team under the <laughs> fa- under false pretenses. <laughs> this already sounds stupid, but continue. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, yeah, we think Spider-Man is that stupid. We're just going to recruit him into Sinister Six and he's going to be none the fucking wiser. <laughs> And uh, Vulture, Sandman, Mysterio, and Black Cat were going to be part of the team. We already knew that. Okay. But here's the new bit. By the end of 2014, Goddard had a draft that took Spider-Man and his villains to the Savage Land, where Spider-Man would ride a T-Rex. The hell is the Savage Land? It's sort of prehistoric ancient Earth in the Antarctic. (laughs) Okay. It does not make sense in context. No, it does not. (laughs) I haven't given you context. How would you know? (laughs) Because that's still, even still, it's like, I, no matter what happens, if I was to read into us, I feel like even when I get to the end of the article or whatever that goes over, I'm like, okay, I still have a lot more questions than I do answers right now. Is this <laughs> what led to the Spider-Man T-Rex? Huh. That, hmm. I don't want to think about this anymore. Moving on, then. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man riding a T-Rex, that's the whole, that's the whole little bit of that, which I'm actually kind of a little sad we didn't get, but also very heavily relieved. Yeah. And then, also, we now have some confirmation that Craven was not able to be used in No Way Home. <laughs> because the writers confirmed they wanted to use him, only to be told Craven was unavailable until Sony established him in a solo movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah! God forbid you do anything that beats you to the punch on Craven the Beekeeper! <laughs> Craven the veterinarian. Anything that beat you on Craven's Ark. Craven the wildlife sanctuary operator. Craven the wildlife specialist that shows up on Conan. Uh, <laughs> and it's interesting because Tom Holland already said that originally John Watts pitched him a movie that would go- that was going to have Peter being hunted down by Craven, which is. The much more logical follow-up to Far From Home than Big Giant Multiverse Blowout. Right. And don't get me wrong, I had a fun time with No Way Home. Yeah. But No Way Home is not one of my favorite movies of Phase 4. Mm-hmm. Because it's a little too big blowout celebration of... I don't know, it's fine. It's a fine movie. But it has... There are some big things I don't agree with, and just... 
Come on, we could have had Kraven pursuing Spider-Man around New York, and Spider-Slayers could have been in it, and Scorpion could have been in it. There was a whole, there was a whole natural follow-up that you just threw away. And apparently, it was because Sony was like, no, we're making Kraven the beekeeper. <laughs> oh, that is disappointing indeed. Yeah, I hate it. Mm. Let's get into the strike news. Oh boy. Time to pay your actors. Indeed. But you won't. <laughs> pay your fucking actors. Let's start with the stupid thing. Okay. So SAG AFTRA issued some Halloween costume guidelines for their actors who are on strike. What? Yeah, yeah. The union is prohibiting actors from dressing up as popular characters from struck content and then posting the images on social media. What? It said that they, that guild members should instead choose costumes inspired by generalized characters and figures, ghost, zombie, spider, etc. Members can dress up as characters from non-struck content, like an animated TV show, but Marvel superheroes aren't allowed because they're owned by Disney. Which... Who fucking cares? Who cares, yeah. Especially if it's like... I, is there some weird thing that we don't know about where actors, if they dress as characters for Halloween, they still get paid for it? No. Because that's the only way I could see a rule like that making sense. Yeah, a lot of people gave him some shit for this. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, why he's one of the best human beings ever to walk this earth. Okay. Said in a post on Twitter... On Twitter. Because I will not call an ex. Mm-hmm. I look forward to screaming scab at my eight-year-old all night. She's not in the <laughs> union, but she needs to learn. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what a stupid idea. And That's a stupid idea, yeah. I guess it's also fine if they, if they aren't, if they dress up and then don't end up in images on social media, but what are the odds of that? I mean, God almighty, if... You know what? I could see it being a thing. What I would do if I was in that situation is that I would probably set it up where it's like, I wouldn't use my own social media, but I would have like, my, my literal like random ass neighbor, I would go to my neighbor's like, hey, you got Instagram? Okay, I feel, cool. I feel I, like that still breaks the rule. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not if they don't know about it. <laughs> It'll get around. It would be, it it it'll it'd be a fair. I don't know. I feel like it would be a thing where you'd just be like, "Hey, don't take a picture of me directly, but just take a picture of like trick or treaters and all that." And I happen to be in the frame. I'll be like freaking Thor peeking over the shoulder of Star Lord. <laughs> Ob- objectively bad idea, but that's where my brain would go with it. <laughs> so they then they didn't even back off of it after getting fucking dunked on. They, they just said down? a clarification basically saying, uh, it doesn't apply to anyone's kids, guys. It's like, nobody thought it did! It's <laughs> a stupid idea on the face of it! Yeah, I mean, for me, what that says is that, so, it doesn't apply to people's kids, but that tells me that you thought about making it apply to people's kids. <laughs> no, that tells me that you think everybody's stupid enough that that's what they're up in arms about. No, everybody's up in arms because you think that what they wear for fucking Halloween matters. Yeah. Oh, I put on this Wolverine costume. I'm fucking promoting Deadpool 3. (laughs) Maybe I just like Wolverine. Bad option. I don't. So that was a bad analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. What a fucking... What an absolute non-starter of an idea. That's... Yeah, it's done. 
Negotiations are expected to resume tomorrow, so actually, uh, the day before this episode comes out. Okay. So, uh, this ought to be fun. Hmm. And then in, in slightly better news, a proposal put together by George Clooney and some other major union members, uh, is actually a pretty, it's actually a pretty nice move. Mm-hmm. It's a suggestion that the union remove the cap on dues for high-earning members so that uh, they can infuse more funds into the union's backup funds over the next three years. Okay. The idea is that major stars like Clooney will pay more in dues than is currently required. Uh, currently, the cap is $1 million in earnings to mm. help bridge that gap. And the proposal also suggests that lower-income members get paid in residuals before higher-income members. Basically, the lower you are on the call sheet, the sooner you get paid. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's not really going to fix the problems, according to Fran Drescher, SAG after president, which I keep forgetting. <laughs> it should not be funny. Yeah, but, but... I, I, but it keeps it keeps slapping me in the face, and I'm just like, well, right. Yeah, it's like right. She's the president of the SAG after. Again, Ronald Reagan was SAG after president at one point, <laughs> and then president. And then <laughs> he's like, and then just president. <laughs> I assume not at the same time. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> that seems like a conflict of interest. That is a con is conflict of national interest. <laughs> yeah, something to do with like federal nonsense or whatever is why it wouldn't work. But it was mentioned that it was very heavily appreciated. Mm. So yeah, that's actually really nice. Yeah, that is that is very good. And it wasn't just George Clooney. Scarlett Johansson, Tyler Perry, Bradley Cooper, Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro, Ben Affleck were all on this call. Oh, okay, so... And Ryan so Reynolds. Was... Okay, so there was actually some significant back and forth then, too. Yeah, all people who make a shit ton of money. You're right. <laughs> so that's really nice. Yeah. In any case, as always, uh, make, sure to support, make sure to support actors. They deserve yes. it. Yes, support your local actors. And I mean, obviously, you know, I know most of the people I mentioned there make a metric butt-ton of money, but this isn't about them. This is more so, and just to reiterate, this is really about the small-time people, the ones that you don't hear a lot about, who are trying to make their way into this medium, but still need some protection. Although, to be fair, it's also about making sure that Disney can't just keep making AI Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movies 60 years from now. That, too. <laughs> because nobody needs that or wants that. Right. Okay, maybe some people want that, but they're wrong. <laughs> and you know what you should also do? You should also make sure to like, comment, and subscribe mm -hmm. to this video slash channel. And follow us on the usual feeds such as Spotify, RSS, Facebook, TikTok, and all the fun jazz. Heck yeah! <laughs> Let's go to trailer time. Let's do trailer time. It's trailer time again! We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. Uh, most of the trailers are for pretty pretty good things, which is why I had to throw a curveball on there. <laughs> but we'll right. get to that. Oh, yes. Uh, we got a new trailer for Ferrari. So, <laughs> I still like this. I am still very into this. I still feel weird with... with Adam Driver playing Enzo. I read up on a, I read up a little bit on the movie, and apparently at one point, um, Hugh Jackman was originally trying to get in as the role as Enzo Ferrari, which... Well, what? Yeah, which I kind of have a better time seeing, 
I will say with this trailer and hearing more exposition from Driver as Enzo Ferrari, it's like, all right, I'm definitely, it's, I'm more convinced of it. Because it's the thing of like, it's Adam Driver. He's not a bad actor by any stretch. But it's still kind of weird seeing him be Enzo Ferrari. Otherwise, sold by default, because I like cars. <laughs> of course. It looks like this movie's really going to highlight the extreme danger of, like, post-war auto racing. Well, even, like, pre-war auto racing. Just how, like, diabolically dangerous it is. Like, he was when, when he was saying how racing is, like, a dangerous passion, or, like, a lethal passion or whatever, it's like, that line is literally the single most accurate description of, honestly, pre-2000s motorsport I can think of. And I am looking forward to it immensely. Uh, I'll admit, now that they focused in more on what's causing the family drama. Mm-hmm. I'm more excited for this. Oh, yeah. And also, holy shit, when that car flips and then hits the top of the telephone pole, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> Friendly reminder that even, like, prof- even professional-grade racetracks at the time, like, the 1950s equivalent to racetracks, Silverstone, Laguna Seca, Button Willow, um, like, Abu Dhabi, top-of-the-line racetracks... We're still, for all intents and purposes, public roads that just had, like, best case scenario, hay bales and t- tires as as barriers. Ridiculously dangerous. And this was also before seatbelts, too. Really? Yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. It's really fucked. <laughs> So, anyways, now that I've regathered my thoughts, we also have a trailer for Napoleon. <laughs> also really interested in this. I hate that War Pigs is playing over this. I do hate that War Pigs is playing over this, and it's the thing of, like, I understand, but I also hate it. It bothers me for some strange reason that nobody, especially Walking Phoenix, is trying to do any kind of French accent. Is now, anybody? I don't think so. Which is kind of its own problem. Yeah, it's one of the, it's, for me, it's one of those weird things where it's like, okay, this bothers me, but at the same time, I think it, I also kind of get it. <laughs> um, because it would probably sound like, if they tried their best, depending on who's doing it, it would probably sound like horrifically phoned in for at least some people. But, otherwise, I, I, like, I, I hate, I did not like the song choice, I'm with you there. But, I was more interested in the movie from this, from this new trailer. Same, and I like, I like that he's clearly, he's competent at some things it seems, but also not altogether there. Uh, which is pretty much in line with how Napoleon was. And how everybody's sick of him. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, such a fascinating individual, like, it's one of those things where it's like, we always hear about Napoleon and like jokes and references and all that, but. His life is genuinely fascinating. Just Quick, like, what color was Napoleon's white horse? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I know the answer, but knowing, but to make a joke out of it, knowing Napoleon is like, his right horse was colored with the red blood of his enemies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, the, the joke is white. Anyways, continue. Yes. I know we, we always have heard about him for, for like, pretty much since his death. Um, and, like, jokes and references and all that, but, like, genuinely a fascinating individual with a <laughs> very 
all over the place, topsy-turvy, and fucked-up life. All Pretty much the same thing for everyone who was very close to him as well. He had people close to him? Relatively? (laughs) I mean, the man very much had an inner circle, if nothing else. Not fair. That makes sense, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, this one I'm really looking forward to. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's hoping it's not three hours long, so I have an easier time finding time to watch it. Right. We got a brief extended look trailer at Poor Things, in which Emma Stone threatens to punch a baby. (laughs) No, like, honestly, the last two lines of that trailer are... The first one I identified with immensely. The second one was one that I didn't like that I identified with it. (laughs) I assume the first one was, why, why would I keep it in my mouth if it's revolting? Yeah, and it's like... Okay, I, I I vibe with that. I understand. Baby starts crying. I'm going to go punch that baby. And it's like, I don't like that I identify with that. <laughs> First the fourth graders, and now this? <laughs> Are you alright? Are you having a day? I, I Dude, I'm never alright. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's one of those weird things where... I don't know, I don't hate babies. I genuinely don't hate babies. But I think there's some tiny portion in the back of my brain that just goes, I understand. <laughs> I really need to cut this bit just to save your rep. <laughs> I won't because it's funny. <laughs> it's my like, God. No, no, I will not punch your babies. I, <laughs> I'll just I, want I, to, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to depend on the kind of day I have before that. That that kind of thought process. Under any other regular normal circumstances, no, I do not have thoughts of punching babies. Although I think part of it is, I this probably makes it worse. Then let's not. Let's just let's talk about something else from this trailer. This trailer is ridiculous. It is completely ridiculous. I like Mark Hamill having no Mark Ruffalo having a sad breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then. Emma Stone just, like, walks away. Yep. <laughs> it is amazing how intoxicating it is to watch this woman, like, play this role and own this role. Emma Stone's an amazing. Yeah, she is. Grand, this is the same woman who, while being, like, lambasted in Cruella, just ca- casually ate a rotten banana that was still on her face. <laughs> After Dalmatians killed her mom. After <laughs> Oh, Dalmatians man. killed me, mom. <laughs> I like that movie way more than I fucking should. Yes, you know what's same, honestly. And you know what? A lot of it's Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> and then just to bring the mood down, because we were having too good a time, I realized we got a teaser trailer for Anyone But You, starring Cindy Sweeney and Glenn Powell, trying to revive one of the most reviled, tired tropes in rom-com history, which is pretending to be a couple. Cringe. <laughs> I'm really hoping that this is a subversion of it and ends with them still hating each other's guts by the end. Yeah, I was hoping that it was going to be some kind of thing where it's kind of like how, um, oh, what was the, um, Anna de Armas, or, it, wow. Wow! Yeah, God, I'm tired. <laughs> The, the the movie where she plays a spy and ghosted the, 
Yeah, it's like, is this going to be like a weird thing like Ghosted was, where it's like... I almost said no time to die. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, this ends with the main couple getting like obliterated by a Tomahawk missile. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Yeah, it's like, if this is some weird subversion, it ends up being not directly ghosted but something along those lines like all right i'd be interested at that point maybe it would probably still be bad but hey <laughs> oh yeah no this looks uh just i i i i fail to see what makes this stand out from any other of its type other than i really like glenn powell yeah yeah like that was that was honestly the thing that got my attention it's like oh shoot it's glenn powell <laughs> it's like, i heard right. i heard that while you were watching it and i was just like oh boy i can't wait it's like trailer finishes what the fuck is this (laughs) cringe grade a premium cut cringe indeed oh god it's out this december there's gotta be better hopefully there's better movies that weekend Mm. is it it sad that i kind of hope there isn't so i can (laughs) so Uh so we're both forced to sit through this shit uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. What did this it. director make? Let's see. Oh, Easy A. Okay. Friends with Benefits. I re- I've watched that one. I do not remember what I thought about it. I don't think I've ever watched that one. I watched it before I had opinions on movies. It's fair. A.K.A. when I was still in high school. Oh, fuck me. He directed both the Peter Rabbit movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have my hopes. Mm. All right, let's just uh, move along like we didn't see nothing. Right. Let's go to box office. Let's do the box office. Uh, I did not see the highest grossing movie this weekend. In fact, as far as I can tell, the movie I saw isn't isn't on the list. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't actually know how well it did. In fact, let me see if I can find out real quick. Because I tried searching, and it wasn't it wasn't anywhere on the on the list. That was nuts. Mm. Oh yeah, no no box office info yet. That's fucking crazy. Oh, that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. Anyways, the highest grossing movie this weekend was still Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour. Really? Yeah. Re- what do you expect? What did you really think? Did you I thought really that think was the Scorsese movie that was three and a half hours long was going to take it. No, I thought that was something that was only going to come out for that week. You really think they were going <laughs> to pass up the opportunity for more money when it took number one at the box office its first weekend out? Fair. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Thirty-three point mm. two million dollar domestic weekend for a one hundred thirty-one point nine million dollar domestic total. million worldwide. Okay. (laughs) Damn. Right. Like I said, the (laughs) theater industry is alright. Cinema's in trouble. Cinema's in a a bit of a rough spot. Okay, narrative cinema. Because you know what? Mm. It's not fair of me to say that this isn't cinema. It is technically a film. Right. And I realize that comes off as more condescending than I might have intended it to, but I hope you all understand what I mean. <sighs> However, I will say, Killers of the Flower Moon took second place. Oh, good. I'm genuinely glad about that. <laughs> yeah, $23.2 million domestic weekend, and in total for a $44.2 million worldwide total. 
any word on its budget? Uh, you know what? That's an excellent question that I never bothered to look up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, how bad is it? 200 mil! That's not happening. No! Yeah, that's... I'm so, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but it's like, alright, let's be real. <laughs> Especially not when it's going to Apple TV+. Plus. Mm. Yeah, no. My goodness. Mm. Third place, ugh, fuck, Exorcist Believer. <laughs> How does it make you feel, Angry! <laughs> stop! Stop! <laughs> All of you fucking stop! Why are you going to see this? Yeah, for real. It's its like third weekend out. By this point, you must have found something else to watch horror-wise, I think. Is there, is there nothing else out right now? I don't think so. You can still see Saw 10, probably. No, don't recommend Saw 10. <laughs> You're right. I'm okay, I can't wholeheartedly recommend Saw 10 because I didn't see it, but, like, I can definitely recommend, like, Exorcist Believer's not really worth it at this point. Hmm. It's already made money. Stop. Right. The more I think about it, the angrier I get. <laughs> Five point six million dollar domestic weekend, fifty four point three million dollar domestic total, hundred eight point hundred eight million dollars worldwide, roughly. Okay. That's a bad number in some in some philosophy, right? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I just don't remember which one because I'm uncultured. Hmm. Fourth place, Paw Patrol: The Mighty Movie. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Still hanging in there. Four point four million dollar domestic weekend, fifty six million dollar domestic total, and one hundred forty eight point three million dollars worldwide. But don't worry. Rest assured, number five has restored my faith in humanity a little bit because it's the thirtieth anniversary re-release of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Four point two million dollars. Alrighty. And that's it. Oh, that that's it. That's all. There's no like worldwide release or anything like nope. that. Not as far as I can see. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's cool. I'll take it. Mm. I can, I yeah, fuck. Do I have time to go see that? <laughs> Here we run into the problem where I feel like if I have time to see that, I have time to sit. I have time to watch Killers of the Flower Moon rather than rewatch a movie that I've already seen, even if I do really love that movie. Right. But I don't have three and a half hours. <laughs> Which is why I saw Butcher's Crossing instead. Indeed. It's pretty all right. Alrighty. Yeah, it is a Western drama film, for those who may not be familiar with it, especially because I was originally talking about seeing something else. <laughs> and it is based on a novel, and it originally premiered last year at the Toronto International Film Festival, and just got a release now by Saban Films. Okay. And it's a story about, it's a story about a, a young man, drops out of Harvard, and he wants to, uh, I guess, go out on a hunt for reasons? <laughs> I don't quite know what it is he's looking for, and I don't really think he knows either. Yeah, I mean, I remember getting that impression from the trailer. It's like, I went to Harvard. What are you doing here? I want to go on a hunt. Why? You went to Harvard. <laughs> he's very... Fred Hetchinger is very good at that out-of-his-depth, well-meaning, not doofus, but, you know, a more... a more uptight, proper doofus. <laughs> Fair. How would you... Le doofus? Le doofus? <laughs> Je suis doofus. Uh, <laughs> Je suis doofus. Nani doofus. Nani doofus. 
But let's face it, you're really interested in this for Nicolas Cage, and he does not disappoint. Yeah. Does he ever? Yeah. Uh, I, hmm. Even when you the know, movie disappoints, does he ever? I also say, like, you know what, historically, up until I saw Renfield, it was usually a thing of, like, the more unhinged Nicolas Cage is, usually that the worse the movie is, but then Renfield came out. <laughs> and it's like, well... That formula doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I don't even know that I agree with that. He was pretty unhinged in the unbearable way to massive talent. Mm. Did you get a chance to see that one? Yeah. No, okay. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Sweet. <laughs> I can never remember anymore. It's like, uh, that is like obnoxious and grotesque. I'll give you $30,000 for that. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a guy named Miller, and they put together a crew, and they go to hunt some buffalo. And then they start a beer company. Uh, no, actually. Things okay. go... Is it a spoiler to say things go horribly wrong? I mean, they're going to hunt a buffalo in the Wild West. I can only imagine the answer is it goes very wrong. <laughs> so, it's a... It's definitely a little bit of a slow burn. Hmm. But I think that works to its advantage. Uh, I will say, I was a little distracted at the first part of the movie because I'm ob- some obnoxious fuck in a, in a farther up row, like farther closer to the screen, was listening to something on his phone. Mm, really? I don't know what it was. I think it was some kind of video about film or something. Because <laughs> the irony, right? The irony. <laughs> It was That's going the... all throughout the previews, too. I know you said you, you just said that you didn't really catch what it was, but is it like, when you say it's about film, is it like about like film theory or the history of film? Was he Something like, trying like that. To be, was he trying to be cultured in front of a Nicolas Cage movie? I don't fucking know, and I mean, like, this would be a movie to do that, I guess. But mm. also, you know the really worst part? There was a part where I picked out, I don't know if he switched videos or something, or if this was like part of the thing. Maybe it was a video essay or something. There was just a dead-ass whole dialogue scene from A Few Good Men. <laughs> what the fuck? I have never been so infuriated to recognize a Jack Nicholson movie in my life! <laughs> I was just like, I like that movie, but I really don't feel like watching that movie now because I'm here to watch a fucking different movie! Were you two the only people in the theater? No! Somebody else showed up, and then it fucking stopped, and I don't know if it's because they realized at that point that multiple people weren't gonna deal with their shit, or maybe the video just ended. I don't fucking know. I was busy trying to pay attention to the movie I actually came to see. Mm. I swear to God, every fucking time I think I found a new low, <laughs> they dropped the fucking bottom out from under me. Mm. I know this has nothing to do with the movie, and trust me, it has not affected how I feel about it, because I know it's not this movie's fault, but god damn, it was fucking frustrating. People suck sometimes. Yeah. In the, I, in the in the dumbest ways possible, too, usually. I even made sure to cough decently loud a couple of times as it was going to signal, hey, there's somebody else in here, you know. Mm-hmm. Eventually it stopped, because if it hadn't, if I kept hearing that, I would have said something. Right. In any case. This movie being based on a book, and it's not a book that I've read, but it does have that phenomenon, at the beginning especially, where you can kind of feel the writers and the director and the studio just kind of ripping pages out of the book, going, we don't have time for this. (laughs) 
It's like too much exposition, too much, too much world building, too much character development. We only have an hour and a half, guys. <laughs> yeah, a couple of the a couple of the scenes kind of play out like you can tell there's a longer version of it somewhere. Mm. Even if I didn't know it was based on a book, I would get the impression of this was longer in the screenplay, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> there's an entire early on. There's like supposed to be a setup of romantic tension between the main guy Will and this lady Francine, and it just comes right the fuck out of nowhere. Mm. I do not understand where it came from at all. It just happens, and I'm just like, oh, I guess they're a thing, or maybe not. And then later in the movie, they somebody hints at like, ah, oh, you're in love. It's like, is he? I don't. Is he? I never got that imp. Oh, what? Y yeah. <laughs> There's one scene that I think is kept in as foreshadowing for something that happens later by establishing an important character trait, but it's also very much abridged, and you don't really feel the passage of time for that to actually hit. So it's right. off to a little bit of a rocky start. Mm. Sort of a rocky mountain start, if you will. Because uh. they go to Colorado, you see. Well done. You might not have heard it, but I clapped four times on my recording. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I didn't actually have that one on deck. It just came to me. Fair. It's not. It's not like I wouldn't make a habit out of it, which I had uh, the whole no, fucking time. No, please talk more about Nicolas Cage Buffalo movie. Yeah. No. Uh, he's very good as a sort of Ahab-esque craving revenge for a slight against nature, even though he'll never win because he's one man out against literal nature. Okay, you now have my undivided attention. <laughs> well, but then it kind of tapers off, and it he kind of mellows out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he's... What happens after that is a spoiler. Oh, fair. It's a very minimalist cast. Okay. There's like four major characters and then a couple of side characters who pop up here and there, and that's about it. Huh. The main ones are, there's Fred Hetchinger's Will Andrews, there's Nicolas Cage's Miller, Xander Berkeley as, what was his name? Charlie, that was it. And Jeremy Bob as Fred Schneider, I think it was. Okay. So, uh, Fred is a... He's the Skinner, and he's also, I guess, an outlaw of some sort? Or a bandit? Mm. I don't... Desperado? I don't know. Okay. He's an asshole, but he's also one of the more logical, reasonable people there, which makes for an huh. interesting dynamic. It's... it's just that meme of, he's out of line, but he's right! <laughs> okay. Very beautifully shot movie, too. I mean, you know... It's... It's about, I mean, it's out nature. Yeah, it's out nature hunting buffalo. I mean, the, it's very pretty. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looked like it was going to be gorgeous. Like, I don't know if it was one of those things where they actually went out into the wilderness to to shoot and whatnot, but because like I've seen some things where you know it looks like what it is, but it's obviously it's either like CGI or green screen or something like what Band of Brothers did where like, several scenes that especially took place during, like, the Battle of the Bulge were all shot in a giant-ass warehouse. Ugh. But, 
But actually, it's very convincing. It's genuinely amazingly convincing. All right. Well, it says principal photography was done in Montana, or at least started okay. there. So that okay, tells then, me at least yeah. some of this was probably... Yeah, like, when I saw the trailer for it, it's just like, okay, this is clearly, like, actually filled out in the <laughs> mountains and all that, and it looks... And that was the correct decision. <laughs> it's also interesting because Will is the son of a... I want to say he's a a pastor. That's the one. Okay. And that's interesting because Charlie is nominally religious of a sort. Carries the Bible around. Mm-hmm. Worries about uh, God always watching and what have you. So... It also makes for an interesting dynamic in, I guess, what he's looking for and what he ends up finding, I think. Okay. I'm not sure what to make of the ending of this movie beyond, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's about, yeah. (laughs) Is it a bit of an abrupt ending? No, actually. Well, maybe the very end. Okay. But most of it's pretty alright. I feel like that's most of what I can get into that's not a spoiler. Right. And in which case, I will say, I think this is worth a watch. Okay. I mean, it's got Nicolas Cage in it. It it would take a lot for me to say, don't go see this. Yeah, I mean... I really am going easy on things more now. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's either a thing of, like, you're going easy or you're finding more things that you like. And as such, that kind of helps not necessarily fix something, but makes it like, okay, I don't totally hate this with ever every fiber of my being. You know what I think part of it is, though? I think part of it's also, because I have Regal Unlimited, I don't really have... It doesn't cost me anything except time. Yeah. And with that, you can also see a lot more movies that you normally wouldn't. Wow, we just basically did a commercial for Regal Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you ever want to, like, sponsor this podcast or whatever, I'll take money. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, just, just hand it to me. I'll plug this. <laughs> It's like, have a bit talking about how the theater industry is fucking stupid. By the way, subscribe to Regal Unlimited. (laughs) Phenomenal. Because that's probably what would happen. Yeah, the theater industry is imploding. If you want to stop that from happening. (laughs) Uh, So if you don't want to get spoiled on Butcher's Crossing, make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1... So, they end up staying at the spot where Miller found all these buffalo years ago, and hunting mm-hmm. them way longer than they were expecting expecting to originally, because Miller is determined to wipe out the entire herd. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, apparently, because it sounds like they st- one of, a buffalo stepped on his head or something at some point. Did buffaloes kill his mom? No. Not <laughs> okay. his mom. Okay. Not as far as I'm aware, at least. Fair. So he ends up dropping more buffalo than they know what to do with. Mm. And his plan is, okay, we'll bring back what we can, and we'll leave the rest here to come back for in spring. Unfortunately, because they end up staying later than anticipated due to his obsession, they end up snowed into the valley. Oh boy. (laughs) Yep. And they end up having to spend the entire winter there. Oh, boy. (laughs) At which point, Uh, Fred, the one who tried arguing that they should have left earlier, and his sour mood starts graying on everyone, especially when he starts taking shit out on Charlie, the older cook, who has the Bible. He actually ends up throwing the Bible into a a fire at one point, and Charlie ends up saving it. 
but decides to uh, slowly poison Fred's food with wolf poison. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then Fred figures it out and beats him to death. Valid? Actually, to almost death. Valid. <laughs> like, not okay, but understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also interesting because part of what I said about how Miller tapers off, so you don't actually mm-hmm. get that sort of... You don't get that same sort of cathartic showdown that you would want from, like, this Ahab-esque character because it seems like he kind of gets over it when they're stuck in the pass because he has an opportunity to shoot some buffalo for actual, like, meat, and he gets something else instead. Okay. So I don't know if that's him overcoming the obsession or just, I don't know, maybe somebody pointed out if you let some buffalo get away, you can kill more buffalo later. (laughs) Oh, God. And that would work, too. Because I imagine, moderately speaking, mind of a psychopath. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the movie feels like it did a very big hurry to get to the point when they hit the hunting spot. Because after that, the movie kind of takes its time and really settles into a good groove. Before then, it's a little rushed. And then Will is steadily losing his mind a little bit. Because A, he's not used to being out in the wild as much, and B... He's slowly coming to the realization of, oh, I might have thrown in with a crazy guy. Oh, fuck, I might be going crazy. Oh, shit. I mean, I feel like that's what happens when you get into a situation that you're not at all equipped to deal with. It's like, I might die. (laughs) Yeah. Also, helping to skin a bunch of buffalo probably didn't help, because Mm. that's gross. This This is the first movie in a while where I ever thought, hmm, you know, maybe vegetarians have a point. (laughs) <laughs> it passed it passed I'm as avid a carnivore as ever it's like it passed but there was a moment where it was just like yeah I, I understand <laughs> it's like I think I I think I get it fuck mm-hmm. there's one documentary I will never watch because I've been told that if you do you will never eat me again and I cannot roll the dice that's fair <laughs> now I kind of want to know the name of said documentary <laughs> I have forgotten I have blocked it out of my mind because if I if I don't know what it is, I can't go looking for it. That's fair. Yep. <laughs> That's my brilliant strategy. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, after winter passes and finally thaws out, mm-hmm. they pack up a bunch of the hides, uh, 1,600 of them or so, roughly. Jesus Christ. Right? And they still leave, th- they still leave a whole 3,000 behind. Hmm. While they're going up a hill... Oh, no. The wagon breaks. Okay. And ends up going off a cliff, which is what we saw in the trailer. Was there anyone with the wagon as it falls? Yep, Fred. Oh, boy. (laughs) So he's dead. Alrighty. Fred's dead, baby. Fred's dead, baby. (laughs) Not to be confused with Zed's dead. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, all the hides are gone. Oh, boy. So, like, the whole reason they went there in the first place is just, like, gone now. Well, not quite, because there's still the 3,000 that they have left at the uh, campsite. Mm-hmm. But, then it gets worse. <laughs> How does it get worse? They come back to the town of Butcher's Crossing, which is where they set out from, and where the whole hide exchange is going on, only to find mm-hmm. that the town has mostly been abandoned. Oh, boy. <laughs> because it turns out, while they were gone... The bottom fell out from the hide market. <laughs> Get 
fucked. <laughs> yeah, the guy running it who's still there even points out to them if you'd come back in the winter instead of staying until spring, you'd be rich by now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Man, talk about salting the wound. Holy shit. And then Miller takes a knife to the guy. <laughs> well, he just casually murders him? No, he, he threatens it, and then Will ends up talking him out of it. Mm. Having a conversation about, with, with the guy about what he was looking for, and he says, I saw what I needed to see, which I, I guess he was looking for the pointless banality of human cruelty. I don't know. He was looking for the hide inside us all along. Oof. <laughs> oh, and then Miller sets the exchange building on fire, and when the guy running the thing shows up to try and put it out, runs him over with a horse. Oh, so it just got, so what I'm hearing is that it just got really unhinged in, like, the last bit of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny, because, like, you're building to the unhinged a little bit while they're trapped, and then once they get out, even when the hides go over, you think, oh, well, they just seem kind of numb, which I guess, yeah, fair. I would be, too. They just lost all their hides and watched someone in their group get killed. Yep. So, an understandable reaction, it has to be said. Of course. And then that happens, it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, well, mm. Well, it can't possibly get any worse. It gets worse. <laughs> I guess a guy willing to shoot over 4,000 buffalo. Probably, uh, probably not too opposed to murder. Yeah, it's like, if they're gonna shoot 4,000 buffalo, they probably got, like, there's probably some part of the brain that's like, well, life is, it's, it's replaceable. <laughs> and I guess, uh, Will just rides off alone. No idea what becomes of him. Murder the guy, I'm gonna ride off into the sunset. No, Will does. Oh. I don't know what happens to Miller. Ah, fair. I don't know what happens to Will, either. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't really know what to make of that at the end. Other than just, you know, you give up a few things chasing a dream, as <laughs> Silver said in Treasure Planet. Fair. Although sometimes the dream is trying to find out what the dream is, and then sometimes you find out you don't know, but not that. <laughs> right. Is, I guess, the applicability here. Mm. But I had a decent time with this. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like, other than the last bit of the movie, the majority of it is at least is at least decent and passable. Yeah, no, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. There wasn't ever really a point where I thought to myself, I'd rather be doing something else, or where I was really waiting for things to get going. The closest thing to a rough patch is the start, where it just kind of feels like they're in a little bit of a rush to get to the main event, and in doing so, it feels like they have ripped some pages out of the book. Yeah, as I say, it sounds like that's the consequence of them, just like trying to skip over a whole bunch of stuff to cut the movie down. Potentially. I don't know for sure, that's just the impression that I get, as the mighty right. boss stones would say. <laughs> So I think that about wraps up everything I had to say about this one. Alrighty. In which case, thanks so much for watching, everybody. Uh, I already did the spiel, so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> but you know what to do if you feel like doing it. Next week, Indeed. I'm pretty sure it's Five Nights at Freddy's time. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah and I yeah, am I... more excited for this than I should be. Yeah, because it actually looks good. <laughs> and Matthew Lillard is clearly having a great time. Oh, yes, he is. So that ought to be real fun. Can't wait to share what I think about this movie with everybody. And I also can't wait to hopefully see some people at It Came From Under the Bridge, Under the Hood Edition. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, you, you, I thought you learned. <laughs> I gotta make double noises. I was, it was in vain. Hmm. My hopes were in vain. Oh. In any case, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!